Amen. Amen. You may be seated. How great indeed is our God. It's the God of, of new beginnings, the God of new things. Uh, new, new beginnings are exciting. Uh, growing up, I remember the start of a new school year was an exciting thing for me uh, because it meant buying new clothes and getting new school supplies. And, and it was always uh, fun to uh, see what our parents were going to do for us as we started a new school year. I remember particularly one year uh, when I was in junior high, and I was really excited because uh, my parents had gotten me a pair of Levi's 501s, the, you know, the button fly jeans. They were stiff as a cardboard. And I was just so excited to wear those things and for the first day of school. And uh, the cool thing, the cool socks to wear back then was like white crew socks with little color bands. And I had new tennis shoes and I had a, a white t-shirt that had some kind of print on it. And I was just really excited, first day of school, let's see what, what, what's in store for me. And I remember that occasion that it rained and it rained really hard to the point where I really got wet. And, 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 and when I looked down, part of my white shirt was blue and my belt was blue and my legs were blue and my socks were blue and my tennis shoes were blue. Maybe I should have washed the jeans before wearing them. It was an unforgettable uh, first day of school that I remember for a long time. Well, today is a first day for us. It's Promotion Sunday, as already been said, and it's a day when we uh, move up, our, our kindergartners go to their first grade uh, Bible fellowship and, and so on and so forth. Our sixth grade children go on to student ministry. Some of the sixth grade children that are going to student ministry, I remember like having baby dedications or, or seeing them as preschoolers and, and, uh, and, and, and so much time has passed and it's an exciting thing to begin. In, in, in ministry sense for Calvary Baptist Church, Today is the beginning of the 2019-2020 year. And in keeping with that theme of, of beginning a new year, uh, our sermon today is called What's New? And our text is from Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. If you'd like to go there with me, if you have your Bibles or if you want to follow the screen, uh, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And it reads like this. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is God speaking to his people, saying, I am doing a new thing. I want to say two or three things about this verse to you today that I hope will be helpful and encouraging and also will have application. The first one is that God makes things new. God is telling his people here, I'm about to do a new thing. And that shouldn't have been a surprise for God's people. It shouldn't be a surprise for us either. Some people are proud to be old fashioned. You know, we often say that I'm old fashioned. I'm old school like that, you know, and, uh, and, and that's okay, I guess, but, but God fashions things anew, the Bible tells us. You know, when you go to the very beginning of the Bible, the very first verse in the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
You know what that means? That the first thing we learn about our God is that he makes things new. When he created the world and the planets and the stars, he didn't go to a recycling bin to get that. He created it brand new. That's the kind of God that he is. He, he made the planets, the stars, the Milky Way, the galaxies. He made things new in the beginning. And then humanity went wrong and, and, and wickedness filled the earth and, and sin was all over the place. And God decided that he was going to begin again, that he needed a new beginning, that the world needed a new beginning. And so he sent the flood and he told Noah to build him an ark and to get one pair of every single animal in the ark and to get his family there. And, and when the flood was over and the waters receded and Noah and all the animals came out of the ark, there was a rainbow in the sky. And that rainbow was a reminder to Noah and his family that this was a new beginning, that God had made everything new again. And then many years later, when the Hebrews were slaves in Egypt, God freed them, he redeemed them from slavery. God made a nation out of a group of slaves. He gave them a new identity. He, he, he gave them a new covenant. He gave them a new purpose. He made a nation, a new nation out of those who were not a nation before because God makes things new. And then when this nation disobeyed God, they turned to idolatry. They, they disobeyed him. Then they had to be in exile. They had to be taken from their promised land. They had to be taken from the presence of God in the temple. And as they were away thinking that maybe they were forgotten and forsaken, then God sends this message through Isaiah through his people. He tells them, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. He wanted the people to have hope even in the midst of their exile. And then Israel continued to disobey over and over again. And God decided that he would establish a new covenant. He said, I will, I will give you a new covenant and I will put my spirit in your hearts. And in fact, he decided to send his own Jesus Christ, his own son, Jesus Christ, to earth so that he could die for the sins of the whole world and to call himself a new people, a new nation. It was called the church. It, it, it was made up of Jews and Gentiles, both who would trust in Jesus Christ and to have a new beginning, a new covenant. And then Jesus comes to earth after this promise of God. And you know that the first miracle of Jesus was at a wedding? Isn't that interesting? Because a wedding speaks of a new beginning, doesn't it? It's the beginning of a new family and Jesus is there as a guest at the wedding. And you know what the miracle consisted of? While they're having the wedding banquet, they run out of wine. And Jesus' mom tells Jesus, hey, we got a problem here. And, and, and Jesus wasn't really quite planning to do anything, and, but his mom insists, and, and, so, and so Jesus turns water into wine. That's his first miracle. And, and it's really kind of, it surprises people, one, that he would turn water into wine, but, but even more that the wine that Jesus made was better than the first wine. The, the, the master of the banquet in John chapter two, verse 10, says to the groom, listen, he says, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. The wine 
that Jesus made from the water was better than the wine they had had before. And it was probably a pretty good wine to start with. See, some people thought that the Old Covenant, the Old Testament was good, and it was. It was a great covenant. It was a perfect covenant because God offered it to the people. But Jesus is saying in this first miracle of his, Jesus is saying the new covenant is even better because Jesus is able to make things new, to start over and to make things better. And then you fast forward to the end of times when this world as we know it ends, when, when, when all of this that, that we experience now comes to an end, the Bible says that God will make a new world and a new heaven. John has a vision of the end times, and, and we read about that in Revelation chapter 21. John records, says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And then you go to verse five, and it says, he who was seated on the throne, that's God, of course, and it says, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Isn't that awesome? That's our God. He makes everything new. In the beginning, God created. He made things new. And throughout all human history, we keep messing things up. We keep disobeying. And God gives us new beginnings and new beginnings and new beginnings. And at the very end of history, God says, I'm going to make everything new once and for all. And we're going to have a new identity, a new body, a new experience. No more crying, no more pain, no more suffering, no more betrayal, no more disappointment. We're going to live in a completely new paradigm, in a completely new level. Because the God that we trusted makes all things new. Dear people of Calvary, we worship a God who is able to make things new. We serve a God who makes things new. We follow and trust in him. That's who he is. It's part of his nature. It's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. It's intentional. And then the second thing that we can draw from this passage is that faith sees new things. Notice how it says here, in verse 19, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? That's an invitation of God to his people to say, listen, you need to open your spiritual eyes. You need to, to perceive this thing that I'm doing. And the only way to do that is through faith because faith sees things new. God has been working underground even at this time where the people of Israel felt like they were in the desert, in arid ground, that nothing new, that, new, that no new life would ever come, God is working in the invisible. When the people assumed that God was far away and absent from their dilemma, God is working underground and he says, look, pay attention. There's some stuff springing up from the ground. There are little blooms coming through the arid desert. That's me. Do you see it? Use your faith to see it. But you know, if we're going to see what God is doing, the new things that he's doing, we can't be looking back. You can't see what's ahead if you keep looking back. Have you ever tried to drive down the freeway with your head turning to the back? What would happen? Look at what God says in verse 18, the verse right before our text today. God says to the people, forget the former things. Do not dwell 
on the past. God is telling his people, look, you, you gotta leave the past behind. Stop dwelling in it. Faith sees things new. God's people have struggled with this all throughout history. We struggle with it. You know, the, the Hebrews, when God brought them out of slavery, they were so happy. There were 10 miraculous signs that God sent to deliver them out of Egypt. And the people of God would say, man, we have a redeemer. We, we have a deliverer. And they were marching and God opened the Red Sea and they were able to cross the Red Sea on dry ground. And when they crossed to the other side, the Egyptian army that was chasing them, God closed the Red Sea and the Egyptian army perished. And, and the people of God knew that God had redeemed them. And they, they had that, you know, we, we sang about, I know who goes before me and I know who stands behind me. They, they had a, a column of fire at night that guided them and, and, and they had a cloud that was with them during the day. God's presence was manifested uh, itself all throughout the time. And then when the Hebrews get into the desert and they start experiencing them, some difficulties, you know what they do? You, instead of trusting that the God who did all those things can do it again, you know what they did? They wanted to go back to Egypt. Isn't that something? They hated being slaves, but when things got tough, they said, we'd just rather go back to what we already knew. God was sending manna from heaven. And you know what they were missing? The onions from Egypt. It's in the Bible, read it. And they weren't even 10, 15 onions. They were just Egyptian onions. You couldn't make onion rings with those things. What is it about God's people that we always look back and we long for what was because we're, we're afraid of what could be? That's what the people of God did. The religious traditionalists of Jesus' day, they try to hold Jesus to, to their old rules and their old traditions, their old norms. You know what Jesus answered them in Matthew 9, 17? He said this to this, to the religious traditionalist of, of his day. He says, neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. What Jesus is saying to the religious traditionalists of his day, what he's saying to his disciples, if you wanna experience the new things that God is doing, you cannot continue to think in old ways. If you want to embrace the newness that God has in store for you, you need to embrace Jesus. See, following God is not about reforming your heart little by little. Following Jesus is not about uh, some kind of slow process of, of, of thinking in new ways. Following God requires that Jesus come into your life and he give you a new heart and he give you a new mind. God doesn't want to, to reform you. He wants to make you new. And, and you can only do that by faith in Jesus Christ, who makes you a new creature. If you want to see what God is up to, you cannot continue to look back at the past. Our natural tendency is to get stuck there. In fact, sometimes we're so stuck in the past that we're critical of the future. We see, things good, we see good things that are happening around us and the only thing that we can do is criticize. We become cynical. There was one time a rural church of another denomination. We always do another denomination so nobody gets offended. Um, another denomination and it's the kind of denomination where they appoint pastors. And so this little rural church, they appointed a woman pastor 
And, and the old men of the church that would get together for coffee in the mornings were talking about it and said, what in the world? Why did they send us a woman pastor? They were just not excited about that. And the next day they, they, they went fishing and, uh, and, and this lady pastor wanted to connect with them. And so she showed up at the lake where they were fishing. And uh, she got on the boat with them and, and, and she, she had her fishing gear and she went out with them. And they were kind of like looking at each other, well, what's going on? And when they were out in the middle of the lake at night, it got cool. And, and she said, oh, uh, it's called, I forgot my jacket on the shore. And they looked at each other like, what is this woman doing here? And so she got out of the boat and she walked on water all the way to the shore. And these guys looked at each other and said, what's going on? The next morning they were drinking coffee again and they were talking about what they had experienced the night before. And, and one of them said, what do you think about our pastor walking on water? And one of the grumpy old men said, well, you know, I can't believe not only did they send us a woman pastor, but she can't even swim. <laughs> you know people like that? You know people like that? That there's, there's good stuff going on. There's exciting stuff going on. There's extraordinary stuff going on. And the only thing they can think of is the negative. See, because our eyes of faith are not open to what God is wanting to show us. That's why he says, do you not perceive it? When you look at your life, you may think there are some negative things, I'm sure. You may have hurts or habits that, will never, that you think that will never go away. But the message of God for you today is God is doing a new thing. When you consider the situation of your family, your workplace, you might feel discouraged. You keep getting bad news, bad vibes, and it wears on you. But God says to you today, listen, God is doing a new thing. I was talking to a retired teacher the other day and, and she was telling me about her struggles and some of the financial things that she was having to face and she was hoping that she would get uh, a class to teach at a junior college that would supplement her income and she didn't get it. And she was talking to me, she was, I was worried about that and then I got a letter from the retirement services and it said that, that this year I'm gonna get an extra retirement check. And she said, I, I was just reminded that, that even when I can't see it, God is always working for me. I, I, Melinda Rodriguez, attends our 9.30 service and, and, and she's a, a highly educated person, very competent person. I, I, every time I go make visits at, uh, at, at Renaissance Hospital, I run into her and she says, Pastor, who are you visiting? And I tell her, she goes, all right, thank you for telling me because I'm gonna check on them and I'm gonna pray for them. And every, every person that I tell her, she goes and she prays for them and she gives her testimony. And then some things have happened and that, that, have, that have not been great for her and, and she was kind of discouraged. Uh, about what was going on at work and, and some of the politics. And she asked for prayer. And, and for a long time, she was, she was just seeking the Lord's will. And so we prayed for her. We prayed with her. We encouraged her. And she said, maybe I just need to retire. Maybe, maybe it's that time in my life where, where I just need to step out. And then this week, she sent me a text. She said, Pastor, I just want to share with you that I've just been given the director of the BSN program at UTRGV. And I'm going to take it. And all along, God was working. God is doing something new. Even when things seem difficult, our world is crazy. If you start reading the headlines of the news when you start your day, you're setting yourself up for a grumpy day. But God is not absent. 
God is not asleep. God is at work. He's doing a new thing. And he invites you to perceive it. You know, Calvary Baptist Church has been around for 62 years. That means 62 times we've started a new year, a new ministry year. And we're a very different church than we were 62 years ago. In fact, we're a different church than we were 10 years ago or five years ago. But the one thing that remains the same is that God is at work here. God is touching lives. This week we've, we've talked to people who said, I want to give my life to Jesus. And I want to follow him in believer's baptism. In fact, we're going to baptize two of them today. We baptized someone during this week. God is always at work. And then the third and final thing that we see in the scriptures here is that hope embraces new things. Yes, God makes new things new. And, and yes, it is faith that perceives what God is doing. So why does it matter? What does that mean to you and me? It, it means that we embrace with the hope in Jesus Christ what God is doing. God says to the people that are in exile, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God wants his people to be filled with hope. God's people are people of hope. God is saying, listen, where there seems to be no path in the wilderness, I'm making a path. When it looks like it's a desert land where there's no water, I'm making streams flow. I want you to have hope. You can't see it now, but I'm working. I'm working on your behalf. And what I need from you is not a passive hope. It's not a hope that just sits on the sidelines and watches. I need from you an active hope. A hope that steps into God's new future. It's a hope that embraces what God has in store for you. It requires for you to step into what God is inviting you to. I saw a video recently about uh, a lady by the name of Nancy Wang Yuan, uh, an uh, immigrant, an Asian immigrant that came to California uh, when she uh, was just a young girl. And she, she read a headline about a lady by the name of Jean DePrano. Jean DePrano uh, is this 82-year-old lady who is participating in track meets at 82 years of age. You know, um, sometimes I get tired just climbing the stairs. But she's running at 82 years of age. And, and she identified the picture on the newspaper. She said, that was my second grade teacher. She said, I haven't talked to her or seen her in 30 years. She said, I want to I get a hold of her. And so she figured out a way to get a hold of her after 30 years. And she said, and she said Jean, this is Nancy. I was your second grade student. And she said, I remember you, Nancy. I remember you. And, and, and she said, well, I saw the, the story, I saw the article, I read what you were doing. She said, yeah, <clears throat> about 20 years ago, I retired from being a teacher and, and I moved to Atlanta and I married a man at a track and, and you know, I met a guy at a track and field meet and then we got married. And, uh, and, and now what we do is we run track and field. He's 92, I'm 82. And Nancy, and she says, what about you, Nancy? What, what are you up to? What has happened to the second grade? And she said, well, I'm a professor at Biola, Biola University. And she said, that's so great. I always knew that God was going to do something in your life. And she goes, and one of the things, the teacher said this, one of the things that I thank God for is that I got to be your American mom. What a great story. 30 years ago, the second grader and the teacher had no idea 
of what they would be doing now, but both of them have embraced the new things that God invited them to, and they are experiencing that. God wants to do new things in your life. So how are you gonna respond? What are you going to do? Have you entered the new life that Jesus offers? Have you come to the point in your life where you realize that you need to turn your back on your old life, on your sin and your ways, on your habits and your hurts, and you need to turn your heart toward Jesus, and you need to trust him as your Lord, that you don't need to be in charge anymore, that you don't get to heaven by your own efforts or your own religion, but that you get to be right with the Father by making Jesus your Lord and Savior. If you haven't done that, that's what you need to start today. That's the new beginning that God wants to give you. As you trust Jesus, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose from the dead to give you new life, as you put your life in his hands, he will come into your life and he will make you a new person. He'll make you a new person, a new beginning. Your past will be forgotten, forgiven, and he'll give you a brand new opportunity to start all over again. If you haven't done that, that's what you need to do today. Maybe you've done that, and today the, the new thing that God is inviting you to is to, is to grow as a disciple, to say, I, I need to depend on him daily. I need to surround myself by people who are gonna challenge me and encourage me in my walk. It may be a huddle, it may be a home group, it may be something else, but, but I need to be part of something that will get me on a course for growing. Maybe the newness that God is wanting to do in your life is in your marriage. Maybe your marriage is at a stalemate. Maybe you're at a point in your, in your marriage where, where people are looking back. You're looking at the past instead of, of looking at what God has in store for you. And maybe the new thing that you need to do today is to say, I'm going to invest in my marriage. I'm going to sign up for a marriage enrichment class here at church. Or I'm going to seek marital counseling. Or I'm going to read a book. But I'm going to do something because my marriage needs renewal and, and, the, and the enemy is attacking couples and attacking marriages. And the way that we can, that can be proactive is to trust God to do a new thing in our married life. God is doing new things in our church. The student center is an exciting thing. We've seen God provide through you. We've seen the church come together to say to our students, listen, we wanna give you a space where you can make disciple makers a space that is encouraging for fellowship and, and for discipleship and for worship. And, and it's turned out to be a beautiful thing. We're so excited. It's gonna be a new thing for our student ministry. And God has done it. You see a mess right out here in our campus. And, and thank you for being patient with that mess, the fence, the dirt, but God's doing a new thing there. We're gonna have a beautiful connecting point in a few weeks where people are gonna be able to, to encounter and to talk about what God is doing here at Calvary and how they can be a part of that. And we're so thankful that God has provided uh, through, through a family this new thing. We're gonna start new classes on Wednesday nights. I hope you sign up for one of them. Next Sunday, we start a new sermon series in the book of Ephesians. We're gonna start in Ephesians 1.1 and we're gonna go through the whole book all the way till November. I hope you're ready for that. Uh, for that uh, experience. We're, we're in new budget development for 2020. Some of you, if you pay attention, have noticed that we're struggling to meet our budget, but we're trusting God that he's at work. 
He's either at work in your hearts or at work in the hearts of the committee or at work in the leadership, but somehow God is gonna give us exactly the budget that we need for 2020. Be praying for that. God is doing new things in, in our area. I, I've had the, the, the privilege and opportunity to serve as, as the chairman of the interim leadership team. This is a long name for the Rio Grande Valley Baptist Association. This Association of Baptist Churches in the entire Rio Grande Valley, from Brownsville all the way to Rio Grande City. And, and, and I have a team that we're working with. This is a 105-year-old association, and we're saying this thing needs to be rebirthed. It needs to be reinvented. It needs to be redreamed. And, and we're working hard so that in 2020, the Rio Grande Valley Baptist Association is gonna be a brand new association of churches that are working together for the glory of God. And God is doing that. There's a new spirit of cooperation among churches and pastors. The other day, some of us called pastors, we called hundreds of pastors and we said, listen, uh, we have an immigration situation in, in our area and, and we as a church need to be the hands and feet of Jesus uh, as we minister. And so a, a lot of pastors and churches have said, well, we wanna be a part of that. Let's form a coalition, figure out what we're supposed to do together. And the first event that we had was last week, last Saturday, we invited Border Patrol agents and their families to come to an appreciation event. And 600 agents and their families, it was about 2,000 people, showed up. We had wet slides and we had backpacks and we had barbecue and we had music and we gave away, I don't know how many thousands of dollars in gift cards and it, and it was Calvary and it was First McAllen and it was BT Church and it was Palm Valley and it was First Edinburgh and First Westlaco and we were telling Border Patrol agents, we were saying, listen, we know you've had it rough. We know the media is not always fair. We know you've been working hard we know you've been doing your job. We know that you love the Lord Jesus and maybe some of you don't have a church and need a church. And we as the church in the valley are here to say, we support you, we pray for you, we're here for you because Jesus loves you. And they said, thank you. They said, thank you to us. And, and as churches, we've said, we have to love and pray for our agents and then we have to love and pray for our immigrants too because Jesus loves them too. And so as churches, we're figuring out ways to provide humanitarian aid for, for, for those that are seeking asylum, for those that are in respite centers. We're working across denominational lines with, with Baptists and Assembly of God and Methodists and independent churches and Catholic churches saying, how can we do this thing? There's a new spirit of cooperation. I'm having lunch frequently with different pastors in the area that are saying, listen, we wanna work together. In fact, we're gonna get together in about a week or so, and we're just gonna pray for each other. God is doing a new thing. That's what the Bible says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And the question is, how are you gonna respond? What is this one step, the one step that you need to take today is it to trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Is it to follow him in believer's baptism? Is it to join Calvary? You've been sitting there, you've, you've not made a commitment to be a part of this fellowship, but you say, okay, it's time. Is it to join a Bible fellowship, a home group? Do you need to sign up for an equip course this Wednesday or for a wit class? 
Do you, do you need to be a part of our marriage enrichment? What is God leading you to do? There's something that he's inviting you to do. Maybe, maybe he's saying to you, listen, Calvary needs you to be invested financially in its budget. Maybe that's the new thing you need to do. And you say, okay, starting in September, I'm gonna be part of supporting through my gifts, through my financial gifts. Whatever the spirit of God is saying to you, will you respond? Stand with me as we pray. Father, we thank you because you're the God who makes things new. We thank you for Jesus who opened up the way for us. And now we pray that you help us to know what you're calling us to do. How do we need to step out in faith right now? Whether to trust you as Savior and Lord or to follow you in believer's baptism, to join a group, to be part of regular, generous giving for your work, to share our faith with someone, to invest in our marriage. Help us to know the one step that you want us to take today and give us the strength to, to take that step in faith and watch you be at work. To take a moment there where you are with your heads bowed to to make that commitment with the Lord. Whatever God is calling you to commit to, will you pray a prayer in the quietness of your heart and say, Lord, I will. I will obey you in this area. I will take that step.